When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everybody, welcome to the Garibaldi Red podcast, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. I'm Max Hayes and alongside me, most weeks, fingers crossed, will be Sarah Clapson and hopefully some guests. I'm delighted to be with you. Uh, This is all a bit new. If you have just joined us and you haven't seen the news recently, uh, Matt has left the company, uh, which means uh, me and Sarah have been tasked with taking over the podcast and continuing the great work. And we will all talk about one thing that we all love, which is Nottingham Forest, of course. Every week we'll have guests, former players, former pros, former anyone that's associated with Nottingham Forest. And we will talk all things about the club that we love. And after Forest lost to Everton 1-0, thanks to a wonder strike from Dwight McNeil, we today will reflect on that game and look ahead to the Fulham game as well. So, Sarah, how are you? How's life? Okay, I think just about recovered from Saturday. It was cold, wasn't it? Oh, it was, I think I've just got my, the feeling back in my fingers and toes. It was absolutely bitterly cold. And I, I would say the football warmed us up, but it, it, it really didn't. Gemmo, you were there as well, former Forest player, striker, scored that winning goal in the 1990 League Cup final, the all-important goal. How are you? You must have been pretty disappointed after uh, watching that. It's a tough one, really, because we obviously look at the fixtures and, and, and what's coming up and we get a little bit excited because they're winnable games. Uh, but we've also got to be realistic that the Premier League's the hardest league in the world. So these upsets you know, can happen. And unfortunately for Nottingham Forest, Saturday wasn't the best performance and, and obviously wasn't the result we wanted. No, definitely not. Also joining us is Tom White, Sky Sports presenter, uh, mainly found on the Good Morning Transfers show. Tom, how are you? You're offering the neutral view today. Hopefully you can shed some positivity for us. The game against Everton, first of all, was one that I was watching it thinking, well, someone's going to win this, all right? I don't think it's going to be a draw. It's going to take a mistake or a moment of quality from, from one of the sides. And that ended up being Dwight McNeil that did that for Everton. But I didn't think as a neutral that... Nottingham Forest played badly at all. You could have easily nicked that and got the three points. It's just sadly, sadly for you, you didn't. Yeah, we didn't. Sarah, it never really felt like it was going to be our day when Forza Garibaldi did a brilliant display and they messed up Mullicking Tyre and we lost the toss as well for kickoff. And Sean Dyche, being Sean Dyche, knowing Forest very well, we ended up kicking towards the Trent in uh, in the first half, which it just didn't seem to be our day from the off, really, did it? No, it all kind of set the tone a bit, didn't it? With with no more look and tire. I must admit, it caught me out as well. I wasn't kind of ready. And I think that probably applied to the rest of the, the crowd as well. Um, it, it really just set the tone for what was 
a pretty miserable afternoon. I thought it was good to hear the neutral view that actually Forest didn't play as badly as perhaps yeah. we thought they did. Um, I thought it was just a, a really poor performance in general. Didn't really get going, didn't offer a great deal. Um, it was a real off day if you're trying to look at positives. I, I don't think there was too many. Um, Murillo was one, but other than that, I think most... He was the one who could walk off with it with his head held high. But other than that, there wasn't really a lot to get excited about. And I think that the atmosphere in general was pretty flat. And that was reflective of the performance. There wasn't a lot for anybody to, to get behind or to cheer about. Mm. Gemma, you mentioned in the introduction about the Premier League being getting tougher every year and the quality getting better and better. But it's one win in 10 for Forest. Is that, I mean, it's ultimately concerning. Where do you think the kind of the, the players and, and Cooper go from here? Because it is quite hard to pick out any positives at the moment, do you think? Well, the positive is for me is this time last year, I think we were reached at the bottom of the division. There's a big debate about Steve Cooper and I'm a massive fan of his and he's the right man for me. Um, the question that everyone will ask is, has there been progression from last season to this season? In my opinion, yes, there has. We've got a better squad. We're sitting uh, in a better position than we were last year. Our goal difference, I think, is minus five, whereas last year could have been about 17, 18, 19. Um, so there is a lot of positives there. OK, you look at the one in 10, and that isn't great reading. But, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, we're only one win away from, you know, putting a good run together. The disappointing thing for me was on on, on Saturday, probably was we'd never really looked like we were going to score, I don't think. Going forward, I think the, the, the three at the top uh, didn't play to the full potential uh, and that was a concern for me, where the, where the goals are going to come from um, if you're not going to get one from Chris Wood. You know, Morgan Gibbs-White is a, a terrific player. For me, could do with scoring more goals. That, that was the negative for me, is that um, you know, the goals uh, are very dry at the moment. Where do you think the expectations are and should be for Forest this season? This is a club that's only in their second season in the Premier League. We obviously survived last year, not by the skin of our teeth, but with a few games to go. Of course, we secured survival against Arsenal and Cooper did a brilliant job, not only to turn us round from the bottom of the Championship and get us promoted, but also to sustain our Premier League place. What do you think is a realistic aim for Forest this season? Do you think expectations should be higher given kind of the money the owners invested? Yes, but last season when you go up, when, when you first go up to the Premier League, all you want to do is survive. Even if it's even if it's on the final day in the final second, all you want to do is survive. You survived, you know, with a little bit to spare, as you said. So the next season, you want to not just survive. You want to never really be in a relegation battle. All right, you're not expecting to go top half. You're not expecting to go Europe. You're just not expecting to be in a relegation battle. And I'm looking at the table now. You've got you see your fifteenth. 13 points from 14 games. Well, a point a game keeps you up normally quite comfortably. 38 points is enough. Now, if you want a point a game, you're only one point below that at the moment. So when, when Nigel said there, you know, you're one win away, you, you get that win in the next game, which I believe is at Fulham away. Your form away from home isn't that good. They are winnable games. And if you beat Fulham, you're ahead of that one point per game and suddenly you're actually looking quite comfortable again. So I think at the moment, although expectations are higher than last season, I think you're all right. That's a, that's a key point, isn't it? It's managing expectations. Why do suddenly people believe that, you know, this is the second year of the Premier League, which is, they say is the hardest, 
because it's a second year syndrome. Why do we think that we, we finished where we did last year, that we should automatically be in the top 10? There's a phrase, let's, let's walk before you run. And at the moment, everyone expects us to sprint. You know, we're not going to be this top eight club. I looked at the Brighton game and you see where Brighton are and how they play. That should be the, the where we should be in, in maybe three, four, five years' time. You know, um, there's progression there. You know, there's everything's positive for me. And I think if, and I said at the beginning of the season, if we can finish around the 12th, well, that's progression. And that's all, you know, the owners be terrific with what all the money's put in. But that doesn't mean, and it's happened to many clubs, that doesn't mean you're going to be in the top eight of the, of the Premier League. You know, he's backed us and I'm sure he wants to see either better performances or a better uh, result base. But if we finish in 12th, I'll be delighted because there's progression on and off the pitch. You know, so it's about, you know, like I said, managing expectations. And I think there's a lot of expectations coming from people aren't connected to this football club. I completely agree with you, actually. I think um, some people forget that you know, you've got the European places and you've got trying to battle relegation. There's a lot of places in between. And finishing in those places in between for Nottingham Forest and, well, probably half of the league would be delighted to finish in those positions in between Europe and the relegation battle. You don't just survive relegation and say, right, next season, Europe. So managing expectations, you're, you're absolutely right. And there's something when you were talking, when you asked me about positives earlier, I know you're asking me specifically about the game against Everton, but Nottingham Forest do have excellent fans. I, I love Nottingham Forest fans. I mean, I'm a, everyone knows I'm a Sunderland fan. Um, and so obviously I think our fans are the best in the world. I love Forest fans. I love Everton fans. I see a lot of similarities with the fans of Everton, Nottingham Forest and Sunderland. And your fans, even if there is some sort of um, question marks over Steve Cooper, which I'd be surprised to hear, by the way, I know that your fans would back him and all the players as well. And that could be worth a few points this season. I suppose if we're playing devil's advocate here, and I am mainly, is that the, I think for the first time in a while, there was booze around the city ground at full time. Mm. I mean, there was a few after the Luton game um, when we kind of threw it away and obviously ended up 2-2. Two, two. Do you think it's justified? You're right. Booze have been a real rarity at the city ground. I can count on one hand the, the amount of times that we've heard them while Steve Cooper's been in charge. I think it's it was frustration. Frustration at the performance, frustration at the result, frustration at the fact that it's three defeats on the on the bounce, that recent form hasn't been great. But it wasn't too long ago. We were, we were talking about a, a positive or encouraging start to the season. And we were looking at good performances away from home at, at, at Old Trafford, at Arsenal, um, the win at Chelsea. It just gets lost then when that form dips. The expectation is really difficult to, to put your finger on because there is a real mix. I think you get fans that have a, a managed expectations um, and perhaps recognise that this season is going to be tough, that you can't just go from battling relegation to fighting for a top 10 place. We know the owner is incredibly ambitious and that's where he wants to get to. It is going to take time. Slow, steady steps. Um, there are going to be ups and downs. It's going to be one of those seasons. Progression isn't linear. It's not going to be a constant upward trend. As long as it's upward over the course of the season, I think that's good. But in between that, you're going to get ups and downs and backward steps, forward steps. 
I think Steve Cooper has been really clear already this season that he thinks it or he's expecting it to be difficult. He knows it's going to be tough. He knows that it's not going to be easy um, because it's the Premier League. It's not. I think anybody that expects it to be a, um, a walk in the park is is really mistaken because we, we've seen already that the Premier League is ruthless. It's so tough. If you're not on it, if the whole team isn't on it, you can get punished. If you make one error, you get punished. Forest are in a, a dip of form. They're in a rut at the minute. They need to turn it around. But one result, one win, and suddenly the mood lifts. Everything improves. It looks a lot more positive. My hope is that the, the Fulham game is similar to the, the one at Southampton last year, where it's a, a big results coming and it, it really helps lift things um, and can quickly get back on track because it can turn quickly. And that's what the players and the manager have just got to keep working on. That's the problem for me, though, isn't it? Those performances against Chelsea, where we won, uh, Manchester United, where we turned up after five minutes, Arsenal, that's increased the pressure that we should be higher than what we should be. Pigs and Tross you're talking about, it's a consistency. If we can start being more consistent with our performance and obviously the results, then we'll be in a, a better position than probably we are now. Uh, and that's obviously, like I said, uh, making sure that we're, we're going from one step at a time. We're in a position where anyone can beat anyone in this Premier League. You know, you look at Liverpool against Fulham on, on, on Sunday. Who would have thought that they'd have gone there and played as well as what they did. Just because we're not a good players and we're down where we're doing. You know, you look at the five games we've got here now, you, you, you've had Everton, you've got Fulham, you've got Wolves away, you've got Tottenham at home, and then you've got Bournemouth at home. What's to say that we can't beat Tottenham at home? Because the way they play, we've got every chance, especially on the counter-attack that we normally do. You know, Bournemouth, I said before the Everton game, if we get nine points out of those five games, it's a, it's a different picture we're looking at, and, it, and it's a lot rosier. And I still say now that we can, we're capable of getting those nine points. But people might say I'm being stupid saying that, but I'm confident in that team, that 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 squad, that the manager and everything, that we can do that. And then you look at it now. You know, we're, we're only one win off, probably the top eleventh place anyway. Okay, one in ten doesn't look good, but for me, there's a, a lot more panicking than there should be. And I think that there's a percentage of the fans at the City Ground who. Uh, booing and do what they are aren't real Nottingham Forest fans and that's the problem for me okay let's hear what the fans think then we put a call out on social media keep up to date with us on Twitter Garibaldi Red underscore uh, we got your voice voice notes and videos in to see what the fans think and here's what a few of them had to say I just want to say to the fans out there that are really doubting Cooper right now maybe they're leaning towards Cooper out we really need to think a bit further down the line how we feel if Cooper left at this point how are we going to feel in a month or two or at the end of the season, or maybe in a year or two, looking back on everything that the man has done for the club, would we really feel that we'd given him the best chance that he should have had? Where he's taken us from bottom of the championship two years ago, and the run we went on to get promoted, and then last season, all the ups and downs, all the new players that he's had to absorb into the squad, and then to keep us up on that day at the city ground, bathed in the sunshine, beating Arsenal 1-0, and how that felt in that moment. I just feel like he's got so much in the bank with us. I do think he deserves a bit more time. I feel that the pressure that Cooper's under this season is unfortunately a different type of pressure for a few different reasons. The first is I don't think he can find a position for Gibbs White in the team. You know, he's the, he's the main creative cog that we've got. Dominguez seemed to have a bit of that about him as well, but 
something's clearly happened there in terms of tactically or just personnel-wise, he just doesn't fancy him as much. I think that when he did make the substitutions in the second half to bring Gibbs-White more centrally, it was it was the right thing to do. But unfortunately, you know, we're a team that's just clearly tinkering a little bit at the moment, and it, I think it was very obvious that, that the players didn't have that understanding across the pitch. The other reason is because behind the scenes with recruitment, I'm just not sure. Divock Origi is um, a fascinating guy to watch when, you, when you're behind the dugout. Just doesn't seem to have that hunger. I've seen a few times when Cooper's called for him to, to come on. and I mean, against Brighton, he just ran down the tunnel and the coaching staff didn't have a clue where he was. And the other reason is for, for the fact that there seems to have been this possible falling out with Worrell behind the scenes who's you know their relationship has has been important during Cooper's tenure and I, I just hope that over the next few games things can improve on the pitch and also behind the scenes that things do settle down it's always going to be the overly ambition of uh, the owner that's always going to cost us he's brought in another shipload of players you know since we've gone up into the Premier League we've uh, we've had more than um, 40 players that have come in. I mean, there's still players that are, are still trying to find time to find their feet. We are 15th in the Premier League, not 15th in the Championship. We want progress, and believe me, I think where we are is progress. If we get a result in the next two games, which I think there will be, you know, four, at least four points out of them, uh, I think this run will be forgotten about. Stevie Cooper, for me, is still the man for the job. Team have let him down on a couple of occasions like lately. Mistakes that have come about. We think about the West Ham goal, Dominguez. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an unfortunate error. It's really disappointing to hear all the boos at the end of the game. We, we're chanting Stevie Cooper, you know, hates the Leicester, hates the Derby, and then, we're, then there's a booze at the end. But yeah, we lost. You know, are we getting a relegation fight? Well, probably we were, and we should have expected to be there in the first place. Divock Origi um, and Woods aren't goal scorers and you have to play to Woods' strengths if he's going to be in the team and we don't get the ball out wide and put crosses in so there's no point playing Woods at all. There are seven games in total in December for Forrest um, and if you think about the lack of striking options where are the goals going to come from and I'm not sure Cooper can potentially last that long if the goals aren't coming um, and if you think Forrest can sign a decent striker which they have to do in January are they going to get that done at the start of the window you'd like to hope so but I just think the club have been pretty negligent in leaving Cooper in this position I don't think it's down to him it's just the lack of a finisher and irony uh, pinning all the hopes on him to score your goals. So I think Cooper, and I hope it doesn't happen, could unfortunately become victim of the club's failure to get a proper striker in the summer when that should have been a priority as well. Just nothing, nothing went right. Stray passes everywhere, not winning the ball back effectively in certain areas. And some of the changes that were made, like Aurier coming in for Aina, didn't really work. Nothing really, nothing really changed. Um... It was just disappointing all round, and yeah, the, the the manager's going to be under a lot more pressure now, and he's going to need something against Fulham, um, and then we'll have to see how it goes from there. But 
yeah, it was it was a really deflating day. Everything kind of went wrong from the start to the finish, and obviously there was the penalty shout, but we wouldn't have really deserved anything out of the game anyway. That's a separate conversation about how poor the officials are in this league. Um, but that would have just papered over the cracks if we'd have scored anyway, because these performances have been coming now quite frequently, and that was just probably the worst of the bunch. So on to Fulham, see what happens next. But yeah, really deflating day. So, of course, we're struggling at the moment. We're bedding in 13 new players trying to play a brand new system. You know, the last thing we need at the moment is a new manager. It's just not going to help. The thing that got us out of trouble last year was our togetherness. It's what made us stronger than all the other teams who were struggling. And it was just recently that Steve Cooper said, you know, when people make errors at this club, we don't kill them, we get behind them. That was a sentiment I think we all endorsed. And as far as I'm concerned, nothing has changed. So let's get behind Steve Cooper. He's never let us down before and I know he won't this time. Do you agree? Do you think this pressure that's kind of been put on him and, and from some of the Forest fans is, is justified or not? Yeah, I didn't actually know that he was under pressure from any of the fans. Um, and I'm, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised that he is, although I understand that I don't watch Nottingham Forest as closely as as all of you and other and other Nottingham Forest fans do, I think he's been brilliant ever since he got the Nottingham Forest job. I think he, um, I, I, I don't think you're going to get relegated with him in charge. I think it'd be more. I think you'd be risking your Premier League status more by changing the manager rather than keeping the manager. Um, I do think that he's got. Um, I do think he's got too many players. I don't know how much is that of that is down to him. Now I'm looking at the squad here and I've counted 29 players. I mean, that's too many. You, you can't keep, you, you can't keep 29 players happy. Now, some of them, some of them might be injured. I, I, I don't know, but that's a big squad. And January is only three or four weeks away. If he can streamline the squad and actually get a few players out, even if it's on loan, I'm not even sure if he needs to sign anybody. And that might get a little bit more, might make it easier for him to pick his uh, pick his team. But as for pressure on Steve Cooper, I'm quite surprised to hear it personally. Sarah, do you think you speak to Cooper most games, post and pre? Did he look like a man that was under pressure? Because at the end of the day, it is a results-driven business. And if you're Marinakis sat investing money into the club, you can probably justify why the man might be under pressure in terms of if you were in Marinakis's position. Yeah, I mean, the owner spent a lot of money, hasn't he? He's, he's put the cash in, brought a lot of players, um, wants more for, for his um, investment, wants um, wants to show that they've brought the right players and helping Forrest progress. But pressure comes with the job. Steve Cooper's been here before. He's He's been under pressure a couple of times last season um, when his job was under scrutiny. He rarely changes in terms of his demeanour, um, regardless of win, loss, pressure, no, I mean, there's always pressure. That's kind of comes with the territory, but he's always pretty much the same. Um, so you, you can never really read too much into his demeanour in press conferences. But he'll know that results need to improve. He'll know that the owner wants more. That um, he, he'll have he heard the booze at the at full time on Saturday. I still think he can turn things around. I still think he's the right man for the job. Not because he's got credit in the bank. But because he's shown he can do it before, um, he has got credit in the bank, of course, but 
he has turned around tricky situations before. He has shown that he can learn from mistakes. He has shown that he um, takes things on board. He's shown that he can improve players. He's shown that he can knit together a squad. He's having to do it all again and without his main striker. I think it can't be underestimated how big of a loss um, Tyro Awanyi is. It's huge. It's no excuse. Forrest have to find a way to win without him, but it is having an impact and it's... It's making an already difficult situation even trickier, trying to get through a, a poor run of form, trying to blend players together. Players are still finding their feet. The squad is still coming together. It's, it is difficult. Changing a manager is always a gamble. And I think people look and think, oh, well, somebody can come in and automatically improve this squad and automatically improve these, these players and automatically turn the form around. And it doesn't always work like that. If you look at the bigger picture... Steve Cooper is such a, a good manager, such a terrific man manager. Over time, I think there's no question that he will progress Forrest as a club and get the team and the squad playing the way that he wants. He's trying to change around the playing style as well as pick up results, which isn't easy. He's trying to do uh, lots of different things at once. And it's, um, yeah, I, I don't envy him for, for sure, but I still think that he can turn it around because he's shown he can do it before. Gemmo, Sarah mentioned yeah. there the player pressure sometimes and perhaps the way that Forrest are, are, are changing the way that we're playing football. Cooper last season would set us up and he had to set us up very defensively. We were a team that didn't have much of the ball and, and we were kind of playing counter-attacking football. We're still trying to do that now. Do you think that he's setting us up in, in the right way still or do you think at home against a team like Everton we should have been kind of we should have gone and kind of chased the game to them almost and, and, and really gone for it because we're the home team and, and we were almost favourites for that game. So if that's the case, then what players would you put in the starting lineup that Steve Cooper didn't? You know? So what other options has he got? The loss of Taiwo is huge and the replacement of, of Chris Wood. What have you made of Chris Wood recently, Gemmo? Because a lot of Forest fans have, have criticised him. They've said he, he, he struggles to hold up the ball. He, he's just that pace off. He will be the, the main striker until until Taiwo is back because Origi doesn't look fit at all. Um, does that mean that, that that we have to maybe change the way we play football to suit Chris Wood, perhaps? Well, we're playing with two wingers, so obviously Chris Wood uh, thrives on balls coming in the box. I think we do that anyway. Chris will be disappointed himself, I think, with some of the ways that uh, the team or his, himself is playing. I think I thought Chris Wood would be a fantastic signing when he came here because he got experience of playing at Burnley and obviously Newcastle. Um, you know whether you know that's not down to me, or not whether he thinks at the moment it's a success success or not. You know that's that's not for me to say, but you know it it is a worry for me that obviously with Tyro now being injured, um, where the goal is going to come from. You know, and um, we may have to um, change formation. You know, I, I, I said to uh, Jason actually, uh, in the stand, when, uh, why don't we go to a 4-4-2? But I don't think these players now know what 4-4-2 formation is because no one seems to play it anymore. You know, I'd, I'd have probably put a rig up front with Chris Wood, played Hudson Doyle on one side, Lang on the other side or, or something like that, and just go for it. But it's easy, isn't it, on the touchline and, and what it is down there. And I'm not going to uh, criticise Steve Cooper for what he does. He's, he's the manager of this football club and there'll be no one hurting more than what he is at this moment in time uh, with the results and, uh, and stuff like that. So I think we were talked about, I think Tom mentioned about January and, and 
we have got a big squad and I'm sure there'll be people uh, going and coming into the football club in January. Uh, we've got the African Nations Cup, don't forget, so I don't know how many we're going to lose for that. I expect there'll be some signings, definitely, um, but I also see some departures coming as well. So, uh, you know, it's a tough period, but listen, this is we can't blame injuries because other clubs have got lots of injuries as well and you just have to you know, roll your sleeves up and, and, and get on with it. But, um, you know, it, it, it's... With the, the lone striker, sometimes it's, it's not an easy shift, but you do have to get hold of that ball, which enables then, you know, the, the back four to, or the back five, whatever you want to say, to, to push up a bit. And you know, we're making the pitch too big at the moment. I've got, um, just got the team up from, from Saturday, actually. It is actually a good team, isn't it? Blackademus looks all right. He's been all right since he's come in, hasn't he? Uh, Serge, yes. Aurier, Serge Aurier is a good right back. Willie Bowley's a good centre back. I, I like that Sangare, Mangala, and Yates in, in the three in midfield. They're good players. I love Morgan Gibbs-White, although I do think he's better centrally. They could have taken one of those midfielders out and put Gibbs-White as a 10, I suppose. Um, and and I think Anthony Lang is a good player. And you've, you've talked about Wood there. And actually, you think you've got a strong bench as well. I mean, Hudson-Odoi on the bench. I mean, you didn't think you'd be saying that at Forest a couple of years ago, did you? And and Origi there, I didn't realise that Origi wasn't fit because I've always thought that he's a good player too. I think it's a good, a good side. I mean, Tom, when you watched the Forest Everton game, you surprised at how long Chris would actually stayed on the pitch because, from from my view, from sitting in in the stadium, I was shocked that he didn't come off at half time. For me, he just didn't didn't offer anything at all. But Nigel's right though. If you actually got balls into the box, I mean, Harry Toffolo's got a got a good cross on him from the left. Um, Sir Jorie is more of one who will go kind of down the outside and cut it back as opposed to actually put the cross in. But um, if you play to his strengths, Chris Wood can actually be um, very effective. But when you say, was I surprised that he was on for so long? The only out-and-out striker on the bench there is Origi. And if you're saying that he's not fit, and also he had to come on for Toffolo to make it an extra, to get it more attacking late on to try to get the equaliser, actually, I can understand why he stayed on. And if you are going to go route one, in the last 10 minutes to get the equaliser, he would have got criticised for taking Wood off because Wood, be Wood would be the right striker to have on if they were the tactics that he resorted to. With Everton, you've got two centre-offs there with Braithwaite and Tarskowski that it's food and drink. You're putting balls in the box and lumping balls in the box. That's what they want. You know, the, they, they won a lot of area battles uh, against us on, 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 on Saturday. If Origi's not fit, why is he not fit? Is that fit as in... He's got some muscle injuries or something like that, or is he not fit because he's not got match game fit? Because, you know, if you're a player and you don't feel fit enough, you do extra. You get yourself fit. So I don't know what, what that, where he is. If, you, if he's fit to play, what, 20 minutes or is he fit to play 45 minutes or is he fit to play a game? I don't know. Uh, I don't see day to day training um, at the football club. But, you know, if, if you're saying Max that Wood should come off at half time, and the sports scientists are saying that Reed can only last 20 minutes, what do you do? You know, there's, there's a lot of pressure, I feel, on the back of Morgan Gibbs-White because he's the one, he's the one person, really, that can unlock defences. He's our most creative player we've got. Now, you look at Sangara, Mangal and Yatesy, they're three great players and they've all got strengths, but creativity, probably not what they're, most used for, you know, so the work rate and the endeavour and the tenacity and all that lot, yes, 100%. 
But, you know, I think everyone's lucky for Morgan Gibbs-White. And I think sometimes that he feels the pressure. Do you think Morgan Gibbs-White should be played in the middle, Jemmo, instead of on the wide? That's a, 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 a topic that's discussed amongst Forest fans, it seems like, every week, every second. I mean, for me, I, I, I think Morgan Gibbs-White is a midfielder and shouldn't be played kind of on, on the wide. But again, it's all about what formation you play, isn't it? If you play a 4-3-3, you know, it's very difficult then, isn't it? You know, uh, you, you lose something, but you gain something. And I just think that um, could we play a more, you know, 4-2-3-1 or something like that, which I think we tried to, I think, at some point of the game. And, and, and give them that freedom to get on the ball and, and try and create things. Um, but we need more from, you know, the, the wingers need to put more in there, you know, um, Anthony Lang has obviously been at Manchester United. He knows what's uh, asked of him when you play for a massive club like that. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes um, confidence plays a big part in it. And you, you could tell that maybe lacking a little bit of confidence against Everton. And then obviously that, what happens then is that the crowd get frustrated and, and you can hear, you know, a few voices around the, the ground. Um, you know, and some people find it very difficult to, you know, Produce the goods when you know the the, the 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 fans seem very unsettled. Do you think that the the tactics that that, that Forest are playing and that Cooper's setting is up and and, and Gemmo mentions there it is is very different for us kind of sat watching it on the side. There's a lot of criticism towards Cooper with the way he's playing football at the moment. I can understand the frustration for sure because it wasn't pretty to watch at all um, on on Saturday. It was. Forest never really got going. They didn't manage to stamp their influence on the game. And that's what fans want to see. Forest have it, shown that in spells. The reason we couldn't get going is I think you've got to give Everton the credit they deserve. Yeah. You know, there were eight. Uh, and I sat there and I thought, wow, they can't continue this were eight for 90 minutes. The the way they close us down, Sean Dyche and Ian Wone, they've done the homework. They the before they got the Everton job we're at the city ground week in week out and they know exactly how we play in us and the work rate was phenomenal yeah you could tell that they'd um, watched forest a lot and they they'd done the homework they were well drilled everton i thought they, they you're right they did a really good job i still think forest should have done more I still wanted them to do more yeah it was an off day for a lot of players i think morgan gibbs white is better essentially but steve cooper's hands were tied a little bit because callum hudson odoi I'd only just come back from injury. I don't think he was perhaps quite ready to start. Ideally, you'd have him on one side, Alango on the other, Gibbs White through the middle. I think that would be a really attacking lineup and a, a good way of offering more threat going forward. But he wasn't really able to do that on Saturday. Gibbs White does need to score more goals. I think that's one area of his game that you really want him to, to improve on. I know it's something that Forrest are working on, on him with. But he, he, even when he's having a quiet game, he is capable of providing a moment of magic and stacking up with, with some really brilliant ball or, or a, a piece of brilliance. Um, he's, Just out of interest, how many games has Morgan Gibbs White played down the middle? I could, do you know what, Gemma? Wow. That, that is a stat. That's I a good question. Know, so it's a, yeah, it's a, it's really a very good question. question. It, it's not a lot. No. Why suddenly, so why now suddenly everyone saying he's got to play down the middle? I, I think perhaps the call from a lot of Forest fans, Gemma, would be to see more creativity in the middle. Because if you, when you watch the Everton game, did you think that that, that having Yates there and having Mangala, all right, Mangala, he, he's probably a, a lot more creative than Yates, who's, who's normally a defensive midfielder. But I think I think 
the 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 biggest talking point amongst Forest fans, certainly the ones I spoke to after the game, was saying, look, there was no transition between that 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 midfield and and to Chris Wood, and maybe putting Gibbs White in the middle would allow more creativity and more and more balls through to Chris Wood, which would then make his job a lot more easier. I've just said before, Morgan Gibbs White is our most creative player, and and anyone to unlock the defenses, it'd be it'd be him, you know. But he can't do everything, you know. And, and this moment in time, it seems like everyone's asking Morgan Gibbs White to score more goals, be more creative, do this, do that. I think it's a bit unfair, personally. Um, the, the poor lad's trying. He's a young lad. He's got immense talent. As a whole team, we've got to be more creative, you know. And and I think we're reading too much into this. Obviously, you know, the two games that stick out now are obviously Luton and Everton because they're both disappointing results against teams that obviously are below us. And this is the thing, isn't it? It's people always view things when we play teams below us. You know, and we seem to get away with it when we play teams above us, you know. And it's as if, like, how many times do you come to a game now? You know, how many games have we played? 14, do we say? How many games have we played? And and the, uh, before the game starts, it's, it's a must-win game. We've got to win this game. There's another 20-odd games to go. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of panicking. And I'd like to see a bit more karma. You know, back the manager. We'd like things to be better. No one knows that more than Steve Cooper. If come January things are looking a bit more bleaker, then that's down to the owner who puts a tremendous amount of money into the football club. He's got a decision to make. But come on, we're better than what we were last season. We've got a better squad. We've, we've, we've had a few bad results. Let's get behind the team. Let's get behind the lads. Get behind the manager and live a good push for the next five, six, seven games and see what happens from there. Tom, against Fulham Wednesday night, big game. Gemmo might disagree, um, but surely, surely that's. But 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 surely, Gemmo, it's a game that 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 Forest should be winning. Otherwise, it's one win in in eleven. What divine right have we got to win at Fulham? Every game, you know, you go to lose it away. Do we have to win that? Is it? Do we have to win that? No, it's 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 rubbish. But at the moment, everything's a must-win game. Why? Because perhaps. With this rot we're in, trying trying to almost get out of this rot, do you not think? We're, we're in rots last year, weren't we? In rots last year. It's not must win because you are six points clear of relegation. So it's not must win. There may come a time later in the season where there is a, a genuine must win. At this stage, although, I mean, it, it, Nigel's right. If, if you, you give, give yourself three more points and as things stand, you'd actually be 12th. And, and that is the kind of safety that I was that I was talking about earlier. But you, you are, I know Everton had the points deduction. They're only on seven points. You're six points above them. Burnley have only got seven. Sheffield United have only got five. So it might actually be a season where Nottingham Forest don't get the 38 points that I've been talking about to, to be comfortably staying up. But you might end up staying up because of the, the rest of the league and Everton's points deduction. You might actually not need that many which is why you might actually go through the whole season now you know without any any must win games at all but i do think away at fulham i do think you've got a real chance and although it's not must win i would imagine that steve cooper is certainly targeting it do you think cooper will be feeling the pressure ahead of wednesday night sarah i think he's always feeling the pressure i think there's always pressure on him um he'll be hurting after saturday hurting after the recent run of results um don't think it is a must-win game, but I think Forrest really need to turn around the form. Um, three defeats on the spin is not great. You need to stop that. 
and it's having something to improve the mood, I think, and to to give them to have something to build on. A good result, a good performance at Fulham could really do that. There's some. It's a tricky place to go, but like I said before, I still I think it has the air of that Southampton game last season, where it can be a, a big result on the road. There have been some really good performances. Um, away from home already this season just without always getting the right results small margins performance wasn't great on Saturday I don't think you can get away from that but that hasn't always been the case Um, we've seen some really good glimpses of of Forest this season what they're capable of what the players individually are capable of it's getting them to gel as a team that is going to take time you want games quickly when you've lost you want something to to be able to put Saturday behind you and forget about it and Wednesday night's a chance to do that Surely the travelling Forest fans will be really hoping because I've I've noticed being in in the away atmosphere and, and the home atmosphere, it just seems like things are a little bit different this season, and it seems like the expectations are higher for whatever for whatever reason. But it just seems to be a little bit more Forest fans are going away from home now, and they're almost expecting those wins, and they're not you know they're not taking those you know we've seen last season Forest have got is it one win away from home. I mean, that was really poor. This season, it's been better, but it's still not great. So surely the fans travelling on Wednesday night, Gemma, they, they must be expecting a win. Listen, we all know the away form last year wasn't good. And that's one of the things I would have thought Steve Cooper would have wanted to put right this year. Our performances show that there is improvement away from home this year. But I've been to a few away games as well, Max. I went to Liverpool and the, some of the fans there expect us to turn over Liverpool Anfield. Yeah. They're just being unrealistic. We can do it. Like I said before, anyone can beat anyone on the day. You know, no one gave us a, a chance at Chelsea and we've gone and turn them over. You know, I'll be there at Fulham, uh, sorry, at uh, Wolves on, on Saturday. The winnable games, but it's not a must-win game. That's what I'm trying to put across. You know, this, I said to the last five games, like I say, we've got Fulham, um, Wolves, Tottenham. You know, Tottenham at home, is it a must-win game? No. Is it a winnable game? Yes, because the way they play. For me, that the, the the squad is capable, but you know individual errors that have cost us at times. You know Steve Cooper can't do anything about individual errors once they've crossed that pitch. All he can do is prepare them for what he thinks is the best way. Fulham is a game where yes, you know the supporters will be hoping that we get three points, and we all do. We all want us to win. We all want us to put a smile on the face, and you know winning breeds confidence, and and the, and the atmosphere around the place changes. Tom, do you think? Forest can turn this poor runner games round. Definitely, I, I don't think you can. I think you will turn the the poor runner form around. And when Nigel says you you think you can get, um, he thinks you can get nine points from the next four games. I, I actually think it, it's quite realistic. If you end up with seven from the four games, it's still very very good. And when the game when you've had a, and you're right that that defeat on Saturday is not the stuffing out of you a bit. It was only Saturday. You've got a game on Wednesday. It's not like you've got an international break or an FA Cup weekend. You've, you've got the game coming up straight away, which which is a good thing. And I think you've got a real chance against Fulham. I think you've got a real chance against Wolves. Tottenham, you're at home. Okay, you've, you've proved last season how you can beat the big clubs at home. And then Bournemouth at home is certainly one that will be targeting. You're not going to get anything away at Newcastle as much as it pains me to say it. And then it's Manchester United at home who are very, very inconsistent. So those the, the six games that you've got left this month, they're not as daunting as they could be. And and, and like I say, it's not a can turn it around. You will turn it around. The biggest kick of the teeth this season was Luton at home. 
we all know that it's gone and whether they'll learn to it. But if we could put on the performance next four or five games, like we did against Aston Villa, we won't be having this conversation. I think that finishes us nicely. Well said, Gemmo. Um, Tom, thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure. Gemmo, thank you. Thanks for joining us from a very wet... <laughs> Thanks, thanks very much for joining us from a wet golf club, you said, in Nottinghamshire? Yeah, the Nottinghamshire. Yes. Uh, Sarah, thanks for joining us. You're off to Cooper's press conference in a bit, aren't you? So, fingers crossed he's positive and ready to go. Send you my best. Thank you. I will. <laughs> right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this instalment of Garibaldi Red. We'll be back next week for another episode, although we might reflect on the Fulham game this week as well. Be sure to keep up to date with us on Twitter, Garibaldi Red underscore and Nottinghamshire Live, and we will see you next time. Fingers crossed for a Forest win on Wednesday night. See you then.